Hello, hello, and welcome to the Canadian Football Countdown. I'm Ryan Coop here alongside Adam Stewart, Trey Colbeck. Welcome one and all to our Week 5 CFL preview here on the Canadian Football Countdown. We'll talk through the storylines for the three games here this weekend. Uh, we'll talk some CFL fantasy uh, and make our picks against the spread for the week as well. And touch on some breaking news from the Montreal Alouettes. Uh, they may be on a bye week this week, but they find their way to get into our preview show nonetheless. So uh, welcome one and all. We are live YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Twitch on the Canadian Football Countdown here. Uh, all made possible by our presenting sponsor, Game Time TV. Learn more over on Facebook.com slash Game Time TV. Uh, we'll be taking your comments. We'll be taking your questions in the chat. Uh, we'll read them all as they come in and we'll pull them in where we can here as well throughout the evening. So uh, get those into the chat as well. Before I bring in the rest of the panel, I do want to mention we are a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. And as always, want to acknowledge that the Canadian Football Countdown is brought to you from Treaty 1 Territory, traditional territory of the Anishinaabe, Cree, Ota Creek, Dakota, and Dene peoples, and the homeland of the Métis Nation, as well as from Treaty 4 Territory, traditional territory of the Creek. Soto, Dakota, Lakota, Nakota, and Métis Nation. Now let's bring in the rest of the panel here this evening. Uh, directly to my right on the screen, we've got the great Adam Stewart rocking his Saskatchewan Rough Riders hat. Adam, how are you doing tonight? Not only a Rough Rider hat, a lucky Rough Rider hat. Anyway, uh, no, doing well. Actually, just went out and looked at the crops. The crops are doing excellent right now. I've uh, got some really good-looking wheat and really good-looking canola, so all good out in this way. Uh, yeah, no. Good week so far, and uh, we'll see how this goes. All right. On and joining us here as well in his uh, Toronto Blue Jays cap, we've got Trey Colbeck. Trey, the great Trey Colbeck. Can't forget great. Uh, how are you doing tonight, Trey? I'm doing fantastic, guys. And, you know, I just was I just had this thought. The NHL schedule came out. Interesting, the Jets don't have any home games on Sundays this year, so there should be no uh, scheduling conflict Uh when it comes to playoff time, just a little tidbit there because there's always seems to be a problem here the last few years that jet games and bomber playoff games go on the same day. So I think that's interesting. The NHL is finally learning. We don't play uh, games on Sunday in Winnipeg. Awesome. Yes. Uh, very exciting to get the NHL schedule out as well. Uh, we got a lot of football to talk here tonight. Only three games, but still plenty of stuff to discuss. We've got a couple people joining us live in the chat here. See Andrew in the chat. Hello, Andrew. Good evening to you. Uh, and everybody else joining us here tonight as well. Well, before we start diving into the games for this week, let's dive right into the big news from this afternoon. Some news I would say we all kind of saw coming. We talked about it. Who was on hot seat already in recent weeks? And uh, on their bye week, the uh, Montreal Alouettes firing head coach Hari Jones, defensive coordinator Baron Miles. Uh, Danny Machocha, general manager, takes over the job at head coach. Noel uh, Fork back for, I believe, his third stint with the Alouettes in the defensive coordinator role. Uh, guys, uh, something we saw coming, I'm sure, but uh, what do you make of this move this week? Let's start with you, Adam. You know, I'm a little surprised that this happened already. I mean, uh, everybody's been talking about this now since almost all the preseason, and essentially, I think Mitch, uh, I think uh, Mel Stiegel brought it up on TSN's uh, panel first and said, uh, that uh, Danny Machocha was looking to possibly take over and uh, that Harry Jones was under kind of a microscope. And I was like, really? 
It's Kahari Jones. This is the guy that led a team uh, back to a little bit of relevance uh, ever since their quarterback carousel, ever since Anthony Calvillo has been gone. So to me, it's very interesting to see him gone. I mean, let's face it, everybody kind of predicted that probably uh, Danny Machocha wanted to come back as a head coach. Uh, this early in the season, though, I know that they had a bad game against Saskatchewan, but in all honesty, I didn't think that it was probably fire the coach and take the defensive coordinator with you and get out uh, kind of time. Uh, Trey, what uh, what do you think about this uh, time? Uh, you know, again, I'm surprised, but I'm also not surprised because I believe last on Monday we we're saying the Jerry Jones effect, right? Um, so, you know, and again, not from the owner, I think from the GM. So, again, if with any other GM, like I don't think uh, Kyle Walters would be making this move, putting himself in his coach or other quarter, or other guy, you know, other general managers like that who aren't coaches. So, I think it was very timely. And again, you know, we don't know what's coming from ownership. It's what he says on, you know, social media seems to have a be a guy with his head screwed on, right? Uh, but yeah, you know, it's very interesting. I'm, I, I think. I don't know. I wonder how much it plays into the quarterback thing. I wonder if Kari lost the room. There's a lot of things you can wonder about it, and I think we'll learn more as the season goes on. You know, I also wonder a little bit, like you said, uh, how much of this was the owner, how much of this was the GM? Because, yeah, there's lots of talk Danny Matroch want to be the, G, the head coach. Uh, but you're right. How much of this also had to do with Gary Stern, uh, the new owner? I mean, he wants to be a winner any way he can be, uh, it seems like, in Montreal. And, uh yeah, he it, like we uh, had the comparison on Monday to Dallas Cowboys. Montreal might be just starting to turn into that, right? Yeah, I, I think you could see a very much that Kahari Jones was on the hot seat uh, very close to early on the season losing his job, the preseason comments from his owner. Uh, Danny Machocha seemed like it was kind of his prerogative, or I don't know if I pronounced that right. Uh, to, to, you know, he want him basically, you know, intending to take over the coaching role at some point here. Um, and you kind of saw it maybe the writing on the wall when he pulled Vernon Adams back in week one or week two, you know, very early in the game, kind of a desperation move there. Uh, a little bit from Kahari Jones. Now, of course, we... Uh, you have the bit of infighting on the bench, I think it is. There was uh, the news this week that linebacker Trey Watson uh, ended up uh, getting uh, released from the team after it sounded like some choice words or, or whatnot were shared between teammates uh, as things got heated as that game got away from them. So, yeah, you, you, you're already put in a corner to start the season. You're already, you know, making desperation moves. Now your team's getting at each other's throats. It's the bye week. It's not the start of the year they wanted. I'm not surprised this is happening this week. I, I sucks. I love Kari Jones. I'm a big Kari Jones fan. And I think he will be back in a CFL coaching role of some sort in very short order. And, you know, I'll, I'll put this out there. Uh, you know, this is just maybe my own prediction thoughts or whatever. But the offensive coordinator in Hamilton, Tommy Condell, not put together a great game plan here the past couple of weeks. And Hamilton, very shocking 0-3 start to the season. 0-4, uh, actually, I believe. Sorry. Uh, you know, could this be them on a bye week making a change as well? Could we see Kahari Jonesman as an offensive coordinator, maybe in a system like Hamilton there as well? I don't know. Do you guys see him uh, finding another job here uh, in short order, Trey? 
uh, like we were joking earlier, booster juice, right? You know, he's going to go back to his booster juice business here in Winnipeg. Uh, no, yeah, I could see him definitely. Uh, you know, again, like it needs to, there needs to be an opening. And I think the team's on the bye week, which is what Toronto, Ottawa, and Hamilton, right? Those three. Yeah, those three. Uh, so, you know, Hamilton probably the one to do the move. I can't see Ottawa doing it. And I can't see any of the undefeated teams making a move right now for OC and even Saskatchewan. So if that's that's the move in the CFL, uh, I did like what uh, Adam posted. I think he said something about XFL on Twitter. That's an interesting one. Never know because they're trying to find coaches and they might pay them to stick around and not coach and be a guy. You never know. And that's definitely a possibility for him. I would like to see him back in the CFL though, Adam. Yeah, I'd like to see him in the CFL too. And uh, when you think about it, Ryan, you have a great point on Hamilton. He would be a great guy to sit down with Dane Evans and try to see if they could work through what problems are coming uh, to that Hamilton quarterback and see if they can maybe uh, get him going. However, uh, like I said earlier on Twitter myself, you know, the XFL is looking for high-quality coaches. Uh, this guy here, like I say before, was one of those guys that was a player's coach. Uh, one guy that could that did have uh, maybe this year something changed, but did have a pretty good command of that locker room uh, going into 2019, 2020 there until the canceled season. So you know, I'm, like I said, I'm very surprised this happened. Uh, I would like to see him get another opportunity somewhere as a head coach because I think he'd really run with it. I just don't know where quite yet. Uh, let's face it, if things keep going the way they are in Hamilton, you never know. Uh, he could be in there as an assistant uh, head coach or OC possibly this year or definitely next year. I could see him probably going somewhere. Uh, and let's face it, if Ottawa doesn't even pull up their socks uh, pretty soon, you never know what can happen there as well. Yeah, we've got a comment here from Andrew in the YouTube chat uh, saying GM and owner should worry about the people in the seats, not coaching the players. I, I do not like this from uh, from Danny Machota, the, you know, the underlying, you know, I, I hate it when a GM fires the coach and says, yeah, you're not uh, basically fault the coach for the situation. It seems, you know, says I can do it better. I'm going to take this job over. And I honestly don't think coaching is the problem. I, I said it preseason. I don't love the depth of the Alouettes roster. I think there are a few depth issues there, and I think that's coming to play. And coaching, sure, you know, impacts it a little bit and, and such like that. But, you know, I will never uh, outright wish for somebody to fail necessarily at their job, but uh, I would kind of love to see, you know, uh, things flop here for, for Danny Machocha, who maybe thinks he's going to come in, you know, be the saving grace and turn this team around. And uh, if they keep struggling... Then I wonder what he's uh, what goes through his mind when you know maybe Kahari Jones wasn't the problem after all. It's not like you put another coach in now and can go and say, "Oh yeah, this other coach is the problem." No, you put yourself in the seat now, in the hot seat basically. So you better go out and deliver here if you're Danny Machocha, and we'll, we'll see how things turn around here for the Alouettes. Uh, interesting that Baron Miles gets uh, gets the can here as well. You know, Alouette's had a big defensive performance against uh, Saskatchewan a couple weeks ago. They didn't look too bad out there. Um, I was a little shocked by that one, but I love Noel Thorpe, and I'm very excited to have him here as well. Uh, Hussey's Huddle joining us over here on YouTube says, I think what cost him his job were the discipline issues so far this year for them. Yeah, we see, we saw a lot of penalties. We saw them uh, getting a little bit uh, heated there as the game slipped away from them. 
down the stretch. Uh, any final thoughts on, on, on this move for the Alouettes here? Should we move on to uh, previewing the games for week five? Well, the other thought that I've got for you is uh, Danny Machocha should be looking at history. Jim Pop used to do this all the time, is come in, try to be the head coach, and it never worked for him very well, uh, traditionally in Montreal. So to me, I don't like this move. It smells of desperation really quickly, and it sounds of a vanity project to me. So, uh, yeah, it, we'll see what happens here, but uh, I'm starting to regret my Montreal for Grey Cup pick. I know that. Uh, Trey? No, I agree, except for everyone's going to say it's the St. Louis Blues, you know what I mean? Like, they changed their coach and they went on a run. But I, I'm just kidding. I just hate when people do that. Oh, this team did it, so it means they're going to do it. Because like you said, you know, Jim Pop did it, but I believe Buono did it. Did he turn the season around in BC, maybe? I feel like he did it a time or two there, but maybe I'm wrong. So, you know, it could be one of those things. I don't think it's going to work here. Um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not looking too forward, and Andrew in the comments says it's going to hurt them, and I'm going to uh, plagiarize you again uh, today, Andrew, and say, yeah, it is going to hurt them. So we'll move on to the games, I think. There's nothing else to say. Right, guys? All right, let's move on to the games here. Let's take a look. The first one up is the uh, the Calgary Stampeders at the Edmonton Elks. Uh, I believe the Thursday night game, a rematch from a couple weeks ago. Uh, Adam, what are the main storylines we're looking at here in this game? Well, I think the biggest storyline that we got to talk about is the Edmonton Elks are not undefeated are not have a victory on their hands. Uh, they pulled out a gritty kind of come from behind victory against the uh, Hamilton Tiger Cats. Uh, Trey Ford, I think, is going to be will he play or will he not right now? I believe, if I'm not mistaken, the Elks depth chart shows him as starting uh, against the Calgary Stampeders. Uh, pretty well, I think. What are you expecting to see out of uh, Trey Ford? For an encore performance, guys, uh, what do you think? You know, I, I like I like this game, and I'm leaning towards Edmonton a little bit. Because, like, again, something I posed in the group chat, where would you put Calgary with BC and Winnipeg? Because they're all undefeated. And so the odd makers are saying Edmonton's only three and a half points, not as good as Calgary is, right? And I know it doesn't always work like that, but so you're saying they're only four or five points behind BC or Winnipeg? That's kind of where it would be, right? So... Yeah, I think it's going to be an interesting game, and you never know what happens in rivalry games. And Harry picked up win-win, and I mean, maybe this is where Bose turns into slow Bo This I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? Anything can happen when the rivalries go. Uh, Ryan? Yeah, Edmonton's an interesting case because it's a case we kind of have talked about through four weeks of the season thus far of a dismal start to the year, slowly getting better, slowly getting better. They pick up the win last week. Now, Now all of a sudden – you know, I, I think as the season goes along, they are going to pick it up a little more. Trey Ford played okay last week, I would say. I don't think he played spectacular, but he got the job done, right? He made a lot of moves with his legs. That was his key asset there. I don't think his passing game was particularly impressive. He had one or two, uh, one or two you know, good drives here and there. But the Chris Jones defense stepped up big, and they had the turnover at the end of the game there that ended up, you know, turning the tide in their favor. Uh, and, you know, they ended up going on to win by that, by the Chris Jones defense. And I think that's a rallying point for this team, for the Elks, uh, to have that win under them. Yeah, it was ugly, but hey, they found a way to get it done here. You know, Trey Ford maybe settles in a little more for his second game here. And he's got the speed, he's got the athletic ability that, uh, you know, he if he can get that passing game down, they can get that more you know, fine tune. 
I think he has a, the ability to be a great quarterback here in the CFL. You know, we've seen Nathan Rourke basically come out of nowhere. We saw some glimpses last season. Now he's looking like the best quarterback in the CFL. I think Ford will take a little bit more time to be there, and I'm not sure I have him, you know, going quite to the same level. But, you know, another start this week, another chance for him to uh, come out there and uh, and show that he is the number one quarterback in Edmonton. He's taken that job over uh, from Arbuckle, seemingly, and I assume he gets to start again this week. And uh, now's his chance to run for it, and I'm excited to see it. Yeah, I think Andrew made a great point over on uh, uh, YouTube just saying that uh, Ford is fine, but he's going to have his ups and downs. And I agree with that. I mean, Trey Ford is a young quarterback. He's been playing in U sports. I mean, let's face it, it's three down football, so he's going to have a, maybe a little bit of an advantage that way. But the game is so much faster when you get to the CFL. So I think he's going to probably adapt and learn this game as it goes along. I just hope that Chris Jones is in for whatever happens with Trey Ford just because I know that he could be a coach that, hey, something goes wrong, you're gone. I don't need you. I'll get another guy. Uh, he's uh, right now kind of coach. I, I don't know how well that'll fare for uh, Trey Ford, but uh, I hope it really works well for him. On the other side of the football, Levi Mitchell looks like he's recovered. He's all ready to go. And Camel, or Edmonton's, uh, Edmonton, uh, Calgary is coming in healthy this week. Uh, looks like they're full guns ablazing. Uh what points does Calgary need to do to maybe improve this first half of performance? They've been known to be a little bit slower getting out of the gate so far this season. Uh, take a look. They've been coming back uh, for comeback victories, uh, I think, two or three out of the four times so far this season. So what does Calgary really need to do early in the game uh, to get things going uh, against the Edmonton Elks, uh, right? I think they just need to, you know, deliver and finish off their drives, right? I think we've seen Rene Paradis be pretty busy so far this season in the field goal department. You can move the ball down the field all you want, but if you don't get in the end zone, you know, that's not going to lead you to a fast start to the game. Uh, they've got one of the best backs in the league, I would argue, you know, him versus William Stanback. Stanback's out, so I consider Kadeem Carey the best active uh running back in the CFL right now. And he's had a couple strong weeks. He had 91 yards and a touchdown in their game against Edmonton last time. 19 carries there, especially this week. The Elks don't have a great run defense. We saw Hamilton even a little bit with, you know, Wes Hills, and they don't run the ball much. Still have a little bit of success there. So I think the more we see Kadeem Carey get involved in the run game, the more pressure it takes off of Bo Levi Mitchell. And I think that has helped Bo kind of, have a bit of a resurgence here early this season. So that's really the keys to me. I'm sorry, but I'm going to take the, I, I realize I just took the two, two of Trey's three keys to winning a football game. Kick field goals. Well, I guess the opposite, right? Don't kick as many field goals and run the ball. And I think Calgary will be just fine if they do that. What do you think, Trey? Yeah, no, I was going to say the exact same thing about running the ball. You know, I think Edmonton's defense got them back in the game last week and, how do you not prevent that is you got to make sure you run the ball and, you, and then you don't want to give Trey Ford those opportunities. But yeah, the Calgary offense, it, it actually looks better than I thought it was going to, you know, we see it, we, you know, Phil pot. I don't know if this Phil pot, I can remember more hearing about the other Phil pot in Montreal, but sure. This one's got the same kind of athleticism, Jordan, Henry, Mitchell's got to be Bo, Bo Levi. If he wants to win this game and like the old Bo Levi, not, not the old Bo Levi, but you know, Again, run the ball, keep it going, and their defense, you know, their defense needs to keep it in, and it, 
that's the thing. I, I hate it because they're 4-0, but they don't feel 4-0. You know, neither do the Bombers. The only team that feels 4-0 is BC to me, or I guess they're only 3-0, but only team that feels undefeated is BC. Calgary and Winnipeg, two teams, they feel like they should have one, two losses on the year. So they got to establish themselves too in this one in Edmonton. This is Edmonton's chance to get back in the division. So it's going to be a real tough game. I'm I'm still hemming and hawing on the, on the point spread for later, boys. Yeah, no, exactly, and I I agree with you, Trey. I think that uh, the BC uh, Lions are really the only undefeated team in this league so far. Uh, they've been the ones dominating uh, the, the line of scrimmage. They've been uh, just playing exceptional on defense and offense, especially. The BC Lions are that team. Uh, we'll get into them later on here, but uh, you know what? I really think the Edmonton Elks have a shot of winning this game just because, A, it's a rivalry game. Uh, you never know what can happen in a rivalry game. Ask Winnipeg and Saskatchewan or Toronto and Hamilton. Anybody can win at any time in those rivalry ones. They don't matter on whatever the record is or whatever the teams are. It's something weird about them. Uh, but you know what? I think that it's going to be a pretty close game. Uh, guys, is there anything else we need to bring up here, uh, Calgary and uh, Edmonton? Right. Yeah, just a quick note uh, on Edmonton's rushing game that I'm interested in this week because uh, James Wilder Jr. out on the six-game injured list, they uh, they sent out Walter Fletcher over to Montreal a couple weeks ago. I wonder if they're almost regretting that a little bit now with Wilder being out on the injured list. Uh, they had Sherman Beatty uh, come in and start the game last week, real cheap value play in fantasy. But he didn't take, a, I don't think, a single snap in the second half. Uh, fullback Ante Milanovic-Litre was basically the, the starting running back. And I believe it was due to a ratio problem, if I heard correctly, on the uh, broadcast where, you know, somebody else went down. Litre is a Canadian, so they had to put him in the role. So I don't know why yet until we see the depth chart. And even then with Chris Jones, I don't really know who's going to be the running back in Edmonton this week. We'll get into it more in the fantasy section, but uh, you know, it's interesting to see that. I think sometimes we see that with Hamilton as well. You know, Don Jackson, American running back, Sean Thomas Erlington getting the start because he's the Canadian. So ratio impacting things for some of these teams here in the running game. Uh, so we'll see what that depth chart here looks like. Uh, for Calgary and Edmonton. Uh, unless you got anything else, Trey, uh, I'm ready to move on to the next game. No, on to Cleveland, boys. On to Cleveland. All right, sounds good. Next up, we've got the uh, the Ottawa Red Blacks and the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Uh, Adam, take it away. Absolutely. I think one of the biggest uh, storylines in this game is that both teams are going in battered up. Uh, both teams have a lot of significant injuries to talk about uh, on their uh, charts. I'm just going to pull that up here really quickly because I accidentally hit the wrong button again because I'm foolish. Uh, but we've got uh, Hunter out. We've got Levels out for Ottawa. Uh, both big, big key pieces to their game here. Abdul Kane is out for sure against the uh, Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Uh, we've also got on the Saskatchewan side of balls a lot of questionable players. Uh, Jake Hardy's out with a shoulder injury. Keenan LaFrance is out. With a knee injury, that's a running back that's been used sparingly, but has been used in Saskatchewan. Nick Marshall is questionable after that big run uh, return. He's going to be questionable with a knee uh, injury. Uh, James Tuck uh, is out as well, the fullback for Saskatchewan with an ankle injury. And the other one that's big uh, for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, Duke Williams uh, did not practice so far this week. He's questionable with a hip injury. So uh, if you're watching your fantasy plays, you know, don't play Duke Williams, possibly. 
Even if he's in the lineup, right, Adam? We'll talk about that later, Ryan. <laughs> Anyways, uh, what can you see here? Uh, I, I think, uh, Trey, you're probably going to bring up here uh, probably the uh, run game is probably going to be a huge part of this, I would think. Uh, what's your thoughts on Ottawa and Saskatchewan's run game? You know, I think uh, they need to, obviously they need to go to it. I think Saskatchewan's had the best success when they do go tomorrow. And I think you got to get on the other side of the ball. Mazzoli's got to have more time. He's throwing for 400 yards, so but he's not seeming to get the touchdowns. Well, go to your gosh darn running back then, you know, when you're getting down in the trenches there. So, yeah, Mazzoli's a great quarterback, very athletic, uh, but, you know, you need to give it off to other guys. But, yeah, quick note, I think it was like our last preview show. I asked, what the heck's going on with Keenan LaFrance? And it looks like he gets one or two carries a game. So I told him, I said, I wish I could see him out there. And you do. So, yeah, you got to run the ball. Like that's I, I hate in football, modern-day football, it seemed, even the NFL where you got four downs, you want to throw it all the time. And I understand that that's the sexy play, but you always got to run it. Uh, Ryan? Yeah, you look at uh, the number of carries for Jamal Morrow. It's the drum I'll beat over and over again for the Riders is number of carries in the run game. Week one against Hamilton, close win. Nine carries, not even for 14 yards, not enough there. Week two against Edmonton was still a close game, but seemed like they were pretty well ahead for, for you know, good portions of it, especially early on. 17 carries, 126 yards in the touchdown. Week three, bad loss to Montreal, four carries for 14 yards. Week four against Montreal, 16 carries, 103 yards, and a touchdown. It's clear the Riders are at their best when they're giving the ball heavily to Jamal Morrow. And you know what? I, As much as I was excited for William Powell to go back to Ottawa, I was excited for the Saskatchewan side of it to see Jamal Morrow get the start because I liked what I saw from him in the return game last year. And uh, he's proving that, I think, the Riders made the good choice, you know, to, to hand the keys over to him in that position. Interested to see at some point they did make that trade for Mario Alford in the return games uh, this week. So, you know, he's going to take over the returns. I think he's injured right now. So uh, maybe Morrow's still doing that for the next couple of weeks. But then you focus Jamal Morrow just on offense. And he's he's got the playmaking ability to, you know, do a lot of great things for this team. And I think that's going to help a lot, especially with a lot of the receivers out. Uh, and you got to have other guys step up in the lineup. You know, I think we were all shocked when Duke Williams didn't put up a catch last week for the Riders because, you know, no Shaq Evans was the big loss this week. So we expected Duke Williams. Uh, but as Andrew says in the chat, you know, uh, Keon Schaefer-Baker, not respected enough uh, since last year, uh, should get a lot of more targets uh, in that offense here. Adam? You know, I'll just I'll argue that one a little bit, that he's not respected in that uh, offense. The guy there has been getting uh, throws to him at all times. He gets seven or eight, uh, uh, what do you call it, throws at him a game at minimum. And let's face it, you've got a Saskatchewan Rough Riders offensive uh, uh, crew there that you've got the likes of Shaq Evans and you've got uh, Duke Williams and a lot of other good players on that team. Even Mitchell Pickton has been no slouch since coming in. I think he's got a touchdown every game since he's come back into uh, into the starting lineup there for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. So that part I don't know about really on Keon Schaefer-Baker. The guy's a good player, and he should get probably a lot more throws this week, especially if Duke Williams ain't there. But, uh, yeah, they've got to spread that ball out in Saskatchewan. And uh, that's one thing Cody Fajardo's got to start doing is stopping to go and look for one guy and one target only. He's been caught a lot of times checking out one target and 
then checking that same target to see if he's open and then, you know, getting sacked or having to run for it because he's got pressure on him. So, uh, yeah, that's with that side of the football. On the other side with Ottawa, uh, it's got to happen eventually here where Jeremiah Mazzoli either has a great game or he has a very poor game. So far, he's had these middle and kind of average games uh, against uh, Winnipeg twice. And uh, it hasn't been great uh, really offensively yet. Is this the game where we're going to finally see uh, a really good turnout game for uh, Jeremiah Mazzoli, Ryan? I hope so, uh, because uh, they banked a lot on bringing him in this season, and I don't think they uh, brought him in to be their starting quarterback to throw only one touchdown pass in three games, I think it is thus far. Uh, yeah, that's a bit underwhelming. He's playing well, though. They've looked a lot better than they have last year. And of, of the teams out east, you know, this year, I would say Ottawa is probably, in my opinion, the best of the teams out east based on what I've seen from them. Two pretty tight games with Winnipeg. Uh, and a, you know, a very close one against BC. Like you're talking about uh, a team that's 0-3, but has faced two teams that are what, 3-0, 4-0 on the season. So it's been a real tough schedule to start the year here for Ottawa. I don't think Saskatchewan is any easier, any easier to go and face, uh, certainly this week as well. But uh, I'm not doom and gloom on them despite the 0-3 start. I think Mazzoli does need to start putting the ball in the end zone a little bit more. And, you know, if they can start converting there, uh, the Red Blacks defense to me has been pretty darn good this season. Yeah, and last week, Nathan Rourke, you know, 359 yards passing and 87 on the ground. You might say that's not great defensive play there. Kind of fell apart a little bit late in the game, but they made some key plays. I think it was two picks that turned the tide kind of in Ottawa's favor there for last game. So, the defense can keep, you know, improving like they have been. I don't think we talk about Ottawa's defense very much. All the focus is normally offensively. And if Mazzoli can start converting, well, then this is going to be a good Ottawa team that in an East division that's struggling, I think can uh, maybe pull ahead here if they can rally things in the next couple of weeks. Uh, Trey, what do you think? Yeah, I think it's Mazzoli's game because an interesting thing I'm just looking at here, he has the least interceptions on any starting quarterback. Yeah, he's only got one touchdown, but he's only got one interception in three games, too. Guys like Nathan Work has more. Cody Fajardo in four games has more. Uh, Claros has more. Bo Levi has more. Arbuckle has way more. Bethel Thompson has way more. You know, a lot of quarterbacks that are deemed the starters are throwing way more picks this year than Jeremiah Mazzoli. So I think he, he's playing smart football, and he's also making some big, big plays. You know, he's bur he burned the Bombers a few times. Just getting in the end zone. And like I said, maybe you just got to turn to the run game when you get into the red zone a little bit and balance offense. I'm just maybe, I don't know. I've expected a little bit more. I know Lapple might not have full control over that offense. I expected a little bit more out of a Lapple offense. But again, you know, I don't think he's the OC, right? There's another guy there. So, you know, but how much input does the head coach have? Ottawa's one of those teams. I still think they're going to cross over and finish fin fourth in the West. I'm, I'm banking on that one, boys. I put a lot of money. I put the house on that one on uh, – on fan duels so you know that one has to come through i thought we said don't bet the house come on trey i mean i none of the viewers do it i can <laughs> do it but yeah i don't condone it uh quick note here uh andrew in the chat did ask where is rj harris yeah he's listed as a healthy scratch on the injury report which is interesting uh he's been a full participant in practice but a healthy scratch he's been one of their top receivers for the past couple of years so i don't really know what's going on with that but 
you know, I guess it's maybe a testament to the new depth they brought in in the offseason, right? That Ottawa has, you know, the likes of Jalen Ackland, Darvin Adams, Shaq Johnson, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, can afford to put RJ Harris out on the bench. But uh, I guess we'll see if he uh, gets into a game here at some point. Uh, Adam? Yeah, the only other thing I wanted to bring up in this game here, I mean, uh, Trey will bring up what the actual number is later, but uh seems like Saskatchewan's heavily favored in this game. Uh, guys, is Ottawa just starting to just get disrespected here, or is this, uh, should Saskatchewan really be uh, receiving this much props? Uh, what did you guys think of uh, think of the uh, of kind of the uh, favoritism in this game? Uh, Trey, let's go with you first. Yeah, you know, at first the opening line was at seven, and it's down to six now. So the betters, I think, are uh, leaning towards Ottawa a little bit. But again, it's Saskatchewan at home, right? So you can, it's hard to go against that. Uh, Friday night in Regina, you know, the Pilsners will be flowing and, you know, might not be a sellout, but the green will be there in the Battle of the Rough Riders. So I think it'll be, a, you know, I think it's set up both ways. I could see it as a trap game for Saskatchewan getting too high and mighty. And, you know, I could see Ottawa for sure covering or even winning. Um, you know, it wouldn't be the end. It wouldn't be the last thing we saw Saskatchewan get beat by Montreal. And again, where do we put Ottawa? Is Ottawa better than Montreal who just fired their coach or, you know, is... Don't choke there, Adam. Are you okay? <laughs> um, but you know, where, do we put Ottawa higher up than uh, Montreal? And do, you know, so it's kind of a tough line there. So again, that's another one that's hard to look at. I think I'm leaning towards Ottawa, which we'll talk about later as well. But yes, Adam says in the in the chat, six points is a lot. That's a touchdown game in the CFL. You know, you don't see a lot of like you know. I think we see a lot more of those one, two, three point games, even in teams that are lopsided, you know, even BC only won uh, by three, uh, which Ottawa, right? So, you know, again, where do we put Ottawa in that category against Montreal and stuff? So I think this is disrespect against Ottawa. Uh, but yeah, Ryan, what do you think? Well, my first thought was an East versus West game. I'm surprised the line isn't 20 points. And then I uh, went back to what I said as we went through and watched every single game last week, uh, where I think I said over and over again, the East just continues to find increasingly dumb and bizarre ways to lose games to the West. So, you know, this is probably going to be a one-point game that ends up uh, the Riders win this one by... You know, one of those weird punt the ball back and forths until it goes through the end zone for one point at the end of the game uh, with the way things have been trending. Yeah, it's interesting that this is the biggest line. Again, I think Ottawa, to me, is the best team in the East. I think they are they just faced the two best teams in the league right now, which is BC and Winnipeg, and their record doesn't do them justice. So uh, we'll get into the picks later on, but I, I was a little surprised that this was the biggest line of the week. Yeah, absolutely. I think that uh, this, if anything, could be a trap game for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Uh, just because I've watched a few Ottawa-Saskatchewan games, and usually some theatrics has to happen for a win sometimes for Saskatchewan. Uh, they've won them, but you know what? I think Ottawa is a way better team than what uh, has been given credits. And let's face it, Saskatchewan just lost to a Montreal team not that long ago. So the East versus West thing... Uh, Hasn't worked as well, I guess, for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders compared to others. And injuries are going to come up to them. I mean, this one, this question here is just for the chat and for the Saskatchewan fans out there. Uh, make sure you mention it in the comments if you hear this later. Where is Gator the Gopher? 
uh, has not been on the cart running around uh, celebrating touchdowns, has not been going out in the field and going and trying to get the crowd all wound up. He's He's been just sitting on the sidelines in a chair. Is he injured? Is he on the sixth game? I mean, we need to know this stuff. So if you got any answers on where uh, Gainer to go forgot to, uh, please let us know in the chat later on. But th- what look, we're saying, oh. look, it's been a long two years of COVID, Adam. Many of us, our athletic ability is not what it used to be. Give the guy a break. Fair point, but I mean, you know, we had a season last year, and I mean, like, did the did the uh, vehicle get repossessed or something that we can't get him to ride around at least? He's resting up for Grey Cup week. Ah. Gator the Gopher is going to have a huge week. Huge week during Grey Cup week, exactly. That's what it is. So, but anyway, chat, yeah, give us uh, only wrong answers of where Gator the Gopher is. Would love to hear it. So, uh, anything else with this game, guys, that we have to go through, or should we move on to next? Our last game of the week on the uh, uh, Saturday night, the BC Lions and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Uh, this is the battle of undefeated teams. I think it's a game that everybody's been really excited for by the looks of sale ticket sales in BC. There's a lot of people taking advantage of that $129 offer. Uh, all those seats are pretty well sold out, which is awesome. And uh, yeah, it looks like it's going to be a busy uh, game in BC. Uh I guess the first thing we got to bring up is the Nathan Rourke show. I mean, is there really anything else to say? The guy has just been absolutely sensational in his first couple games here. Uh, hasn't uh, had a little bit of a down, like, let's face it, a down week for him. is still a huge victory against Ottawa, but uh, did have two interceptions. Is this maybe where Winnipeg, what does Winnipeg need to do to get on to Nathan Rourke early and often? Trey? It's that defensive line. Willie Jefferson and Jeff Coat need to turn it into their show and take it away from Nathan Rourke. I want to see those guitar sellies. I want to see Big Hill doing what he does. Uh, Hanson, you know, he's been all run since he came back. He's been running around on defense. And that's secondary. You know, we need uh, – who was it? Houston. I don't want to talk about the catch, but Houston needs to catch that one this week. You know what I mean? He's got – he can't let anyone on PC take that one from him on the one-yard line, uh, regardless of what your views are on that play. You know, that's what that needs to happen. The defense – I think that I don't I can't see Winnipeg magically turning around and having their uh their offense just be amazing after the how, how it's been like it should slowly grow but I can't see it putting up 40 points. So to beat BC right now your defense needs to keep them under 20 basically like they've done all year long and then Caleros needs to put up a touchdown somehow and the defense puts up one and old Grant's going for one this weekend boys. He's he's due, right? So that's the keys right there, Ryan. He did have one against BC last season in that shutout win, so maybe that's his sweet spot there for Janarian Grant. But for me, the big thing for the Bombers, yeah, I mean, you got to shut down Nathan Rourke. Nobody's done it yet this season. Nobody's really shut down James Butler. He's been a touchdown machine as well. So, you know, for a a Bombers defense that, uh, you know, has made its fair share of plays, but, you know, I think has taken a small step back from last season. This is a big test to to go against this explosive offense that, that we've seen for BC. But, uh, you know, uh, yeah, a lot of focus will be on the defense, especially. I think they got a number of injuries at linebacker is the big concern for me. Uh, Kyrie Wilson went down. Sounds like he could be out for most of the season, I believe, there. I think a couple of the backups went down as well. So, uh, you know, maybe a little 
they were already a little banged up at uh, at defensive back previously. Now maybe a little bit at linebacker as well. You know, uh, next man up mentality, right? Somebody's got to step in there and, and take things over for Winnipeg on the defensive side of the ball. On the offensive side of the ball, it's all about uh, what's happening with that run game here in Winnipeg. Uh, you know, I was somebody in the offseason who said, I, I think the Bombers made the right call moving on from Andrew Harris. You go with the two young Canadian running backs. I think Harris is a fantastic running back, but I think the offensive line played a big role in his success here in Winnipeg. Well, the play we've seen this year, you know, has me questioning just did I give Andrew Harris enough credit because uh, the run game has struggled quite a bit. Brady Oliveira hasn't gotten much going uh, so far here yet for, for Winnipeg this season. Uh, we keep waiting to see more Johnny Augustine. Interestingly, uh, it was the third string guy at running back this week. Uh, what was it? Greg McRae, I believe, who got a couple of touches while Augustine uh, didn't get too many himself. Uh, just one there in the game for him. So, now they've got three running backs on the roster. Seems like they're rotating in and out. Uh, I, I just want to see more of a focus on that in the game plan here to free things up for the passing game. Uh, what do you think of the Bombers, Adam? You know, that's kind of what I'm thinking too, is just I've, I've got to see more run out of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, and especially in a short week. I mean, if you can't get going on the run, your pass game has to be there, and that puts pressure on Zach Kalaros, who traditionally doesn't like to get pressure on him. The problem is your offensive line is not quite the same as it used to be last year, especially with Michael Couture not there. That's a huge loss. I don't care. It's either like with Saskatchewan losing Dan Clark, Michael Couture is just as big of a loss for the uh, for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Uh, we were talking about the defensive line for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. What I'm more looking at is can the Beastie Lions offensive line hold up against a massive defense like the Winnipeg Blue Bombers? We've talked about it in the preseason here that the BC Lions' downfall would be that offensive line. So far, it's held very, very well, uh, surprisingly well, in fact. But I think soon it's probably going to face a pretty steep opponent. And let's face it, the BC, uh, Winnipeg Blue Bombers are kind of what that's their identity, is their defensive line. So to me, I think that that's going to be a very big key to this game. If that offensive line can hold out, Lug out. The BC Lions are going to go a long ways in this season uh, if they can hold off the Winnipeg Blue Bombers D-line. If they can't, we may have found the chink in the armor for the BC Lions. Trey? Yeah, I just want to like go another way here. We were talking about one versus two divisions. This is the game that really makes me want to have one division, especially five weeks in. This is a game I want to see in uh, Grey Cup in Regina, you know what I mean? Especially if these two teams continue the way they are. Um, BC's great offense and Winnipeg's great defense. That's a matchup made in heaven, right? So, yeah, and we're getting in week five on Saturday, and thank God it's not 9 or 10 p.m. at night. It's a nice 6 o'clock central time one out there. And so that's a 4 o'clock game on BC, I guess, right, if I'm doing my time zones right. So it's not a bad game. But, yeah, I agree. You know, Ottawa or BC's line needs to hold off the defense of Winnipeg, right? And it it's – yeah. And I think it's going to be interesting because I think also ha BC has the running ability – and is that going to tire those guys out on defense? And then you're going to have uh, the Winnipeg offense not be able to run it. Now watch, we're going to say they're not going to run and Oliver and Augustine and McRae are going to combine for 250 yards or something ridiculous. And Claros is going to have like three rushing touchdowns and Drew Brown's going to have one. You know, we're going to have some show like that, right? But at the same time, they need to get the ball going there. And 
you got to keep BC's offense off the field. You know, the CFL isn't like the NFL where you have those big nine, 10 minute drives, but Winnipeg needs to get a lot of those to keep that off. I think that's a big key to the game too. How do you get that? Run the ball. BC's other way. They got to tire that defense out and they got to own the clock. So I, I think whoever, again, I don't know how often that actually happens, but whoever has uh, most possession, I think is going to, or uh, time of possession is going to win this game. Uh, I don't know who we're going to next. Ryan, uh, Adam. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, uh, for BC, the BC side of things, the offensive line has played a lot better than we gave them credit for. I think coming into the season, that was our biggest concern. I think for the lions was the O line and, you know, they've performed pretty well. I think it also helps having a mobile quarterback like Nathan Rourke who can make plays on the run, which we've seen plenty of so far this season. That's a huge asset to have for your team because it lessens, uh, you know, the ability, the need for your O-line to give them extra time than they already do type of thing. So, but the thing for me for BC is, okay, last week, every, last week, you know, week one, Nathan Rourke comes out and shines against the Elks. Everybody's like, okay, now let's see him do it again. Then he goes and does it again against the Argos. Now everybody says, okay, now this week against Ottawa is the test, right? On the road, short week in Ottawa. He does it again. A couple bumps and bruises around the way, along the way, but massive play uh, coming out of those couple interceptions there. Now he's going up against Winnipeg and people are saying, oh, finally he's facing a real defense here. This is the test. What's the excuse going to be? What's the next test people are going to be waiting for to call this guy the real deal if he comes out here and plays like this against the Bombers? Like, maybe that's my question to you guys here is, is this the one? Is this the one where everybody is finally on the Nathan Rourke train? And I think there's a lot of us on it already, but is this the final straw for people jumping on board if he can come out and put a performance like this against Winnipeg? Or is this going to still be going throughout the season here? And we're going to hear, no, next Nathan Rourke test is going to be Thanksgiving weekend for whatever reason. I don't know. Like, like I think he's legit. I think that Lions offense is legit. They're down a couple guys. Brian Burnham, uh, you know, out on the six-game injured list. Andrew in the chat mentioning Lucky Whitehead hasn't practiced a couple days yet this week. But they've had some guys like Keon Hatcher uh, step up big time here. So I love everything about what I've seen from the Lions thus far, but, uh, what do you guys think on uh, the test for Nathan Rourke, uh, Adam? Well, I think this is how I'd probably put it is this is the last stop, uh, to get on the bandwagon. If you're getting on, uh, the Nathan Rourke train, because after this, there ain't no more stops until maybe we get to playoffs. And then we can say, you know what? He's never had any playoff experience. And then they can go there, I guess. But other than that, uh, really, I, I think the guy, ha- if he can prove that with uh, two banged up receivers, uh, which Lucky Whitehead is hurt apparently a little bit, uh, and Brian Burnham not on the uh, thing on the six game injured list, uh, with uh, pretty much a kind of a little bit of a uh, rookie uh, receiving core, and uh, still can do good with an offensive line that everybody's still kind of a little bit questions. And can still, if he can still dominate like he's been doing out of the pocket, moving around and uh, doing what he's do- done, there's no more questions here. There's no other team that is any different than the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. The Rough Riders look very similar to what the Blue Bombers looked like back in the day. Uh, so, I mean, let's face it, what are they going to show different really than the Winnipeg Blue Bombers could show? Uh, same thing also for the teams out in the East. Tell me a team right now that would really compete well against Nathan Rourke. 
I don't see one, to be honest with you. Um, Calgary, I mean, they've had a good defensive line. I don't think they're quite as uh, uh, strong as Saskatchewan slash Winnipeg. So really, this is the last test to, uh, for me anyways for Nathan Rourke. If he can go and show up a Winnipeg defensive line, he he's going to be on his way uh, to uh, probably the stratosphere. Trey? Yeah, I agree. You know, it's it looks like they have a bye next week against us, two in the first six weeks. So if they don't give it all this game, you know, that'd be really disappointing. But I guess... I guess I'm going to have a counter question if we have a little bit of time. What if Winnipeg wins? What do we think of them then? Like, because a lot of people are saying, oh, they're not the same. They're not the same. So I think both teams have a lot to play for more than, you know, just the two points in the standings. They're both playing for some of that respect because it's hard to say the two-time Great Cup champs don't have respect, but, you know, they always have that. They're never going to do it for a third time. And you got BC who, hey, yeah, they're on a huge rise and, you know, yeah, I really hope Nathan Work stays around. You know, this could be a whole topic for a whole episode later. But, you know, we see the, jokingly, we see the Cleveland Browns clear up some space there. Maybe uh, maybe Rourke goes back to Ohio because there's no way Watson's playing football this year, right? So they need a quarterback. But just, <laughs> that's, again, another podcast. But, yeah, Nathan Work needs to stay in the CFL and needs to stay in BC. So this is a game, this better be a watched game, too. You know, we're, we're seeing a Am I wrong? Maybe some higher numbers in on uh, on TV. Definitely in the United States, I think uh, I kept seeing that there's higher viewership. This is a game that should be a plastered on ESPN if you want to get Americans watching our game, right? So Saturday night, what's the, what are you doing in America right now on Saturday night? There's no college football. Watch CFL on ESPN. Actually, I was going to bring up there. Uh, next time, I got to bring my Cleveland Browns hat with me. Anyways, um. <laughs> No, uh, you know what? I agree with you. I think if uh, Winnipeg wins this one, they're going to have to start proving some stuff on offense. And if they do, it's going to have to be through the offense. If the defense wins, there's still going to be questions with the Winnipeg offense. Uh, it has taken a dive compared to last year. I don't care what you guys say. I, I think Andrew Harris, as much as I said at the beginning of the year, that, yeah, maybe it's time for him to move on. Maybe it was a year too early yet. Uh, there's still... Uh, think about what, what this Winnipeg Blue Bombers team would look like if Andrew Harris was still here. I think it would be pretty good. However, you look, they were already short on cap space to probably bring in some of those receiving core pieces that they needed. And that's without Andrew Harris there yet. So to me, I, I like I said, there's still going to be some big questions going forward in the Winnipeg's offensive side. I think no matter what, unless they can really – really ball out against a pretty good defense in BC, right? Yeah, the big question for me with this game, or not really the question, but uh, somebody's got a good handful of people are going to overreact ridiculously much to the results of this game, whether it's, you know, from the team that wins, thinking your team is the greatest because you took down the Giants that they're facing, or, you know, the other one, uh, like we saw this week in Winnipeg, it kind of seemed a little bit like the sky was falling here uh, after that game against Toronto that almost didn't go their way, you know. And, but the team is still 3-0. and You know, these are two undefeated football teams. I don't think a, a, a win here is going to propel anybody to an undefeated season. I don't think a loss is going to – I don't think a loss is going to, you know, make it doom and gloom for either of these teams. I think we're going to see a game here between two real good football teams – that uh, are going to go head-to-head. One team's coming out with a win. One's coming out with a loss. 
probably both back on the right track next week, regardless. So, uh, you know, it should be, uh, should be a fun one. Uh, Huskies huddle here in the chat mentions, uh, I believe Winnipeg also plays Calgary next week. So yeah, that's a couple big games in a row here, uh, for the, uh, the bombers here. Uh, so I, I'm just excited, man. Uh, as was said earlier, uh, game of the year so far, I, I, I think, and I am very excited to tune in for this one. No, I want to touch on the Winnipeg sky is falling. Yeah. I've never seen, uh, I've never seen fans lose their minds so much over a win before. It's insane. And a clear touchdown catch. It was clear. It was, yeah, whatever. You know, on to Cleveland. Let's go to talk fantasy, boys. All right. Let's get into our CFL fantasy segment here. An interesting week to talk CFL fantasy. Uh, The three of us playing in the CFL podcast fantasy league this season. Uh, Trey, you've got Brazilian Ty from the Two and Out CFL podcast this week. And uh, we've got a bit of uh, Canadian football countdown civil war going on as Adam and I go head to head. Uh, so we're going to go through the best options at each position because I know Adam's got a real tough matchup this week and could use some help. So uh, so <laughs> I figured we'll go through and talk through the <laughs> options. Hey, hey, this is my BC Winnipeg game. I'm just saying. I'm not saying which team I am, but I'm, I'm just saying. Yeah, 4-0 against 3-1. Uh, hey, hey. Anything is uh, up in the air. Uh, should be a fun matchup this week uh, in that. Uh, uh, the fantasy charts are not quite ready to go yet. I have been working on them this weekend. I have them up here, but they're not quite finalized uh, to bring back the charts that uh, I usually use for this segment. Uh, you know, my joking excuse is I just don't want to give all of the info away to Adam for a matchup this week. But uh, we will still go through and talk through all the options. So let's start at quarterback this week. Most expensive one on the dock is, uh, by the way, three games. So only six options for starting quarterbacks to choose from. Uh, Nathan Rourke comes in at $12,752. Cody Fajardo at $10,820. Jeremiah Mazzoli at around $9,500. Big drop next to Bo Levi Mitchell at $8,500. Caleros drops down a little bit to $7,920. Uh, Trey Ford, the uh, the cheapest of the starting quarterbacks, at seven thousand uh, dollars. Tough week with very limited options available. You know, last week I kind of said Nathan Rourke is kind of priced out at this point, and what did he do? He put up over thirty points again, and at this point, you almost can't deny it. To get full value out of him, you need thirty-two points this week. He's averaged thirty-seven on the season, which is something ridiculous. Again, tough test against the Bombers defense, but he makes so many plays that if the rest of my roster can fit it in, I may be thinking, you know, Nathan Rourke is an option here. Uh, And even if he doesn't hit the full value, you know, seems like he's capable of hitting at least 25 points regularly. Uh, You just hope at that price you don't see him come crashing down. Uh, Other interesting plays, Trey Ford really intrigues me. I almost took him last week. Uh, he's the cheapest one on the chart. Uh, you need 17.5 for full value out of him, and he put up 14.5 in his first start last week. Tons of rushing yards for Trey Ford. You can expect that again this week. Maybe he gets the passing game involved. So looking at those couple options, Claros, Bowie by Mitchell, interesting prices as well, but none of them have been really hitting their values consistently here so far for me. So Depending on the rest of my roster makeup, I'm probably either going big with Nathan Rourke or taking a chance on Trey Ford myself. Uh, Adam, what do you think? Well, I've been trying all week to figure out a way of putting Nathan Rourke into my roster. 
Uh, and then it dawned on me he's playing Winnipeg. So I don't know if I really like that move as much as I thought I was going to at first. I, I have a funny feeling that you still have Winnipeg and you still have the BCO line that you got to think about a little bit. So to me, I'm not really sure on Nathan Rourke. I've been looking at Cody Fajardo. I know that his value hasn't been making his value and he's very expensive pick this week really for what he is. But um, Ottawa traditionally has not done well with Cody Fajardo coming there. I think if I'm not mistaken, Fajardo might even be undefeated against the Ottawa Red Blacks. So to me, he's probably the option I'm looking at right now. If I don't go with him, it might be Bo Levi Mitchell just to see if I can pick up some cheap points against the Edmonton Elks. But again, that's getting harder and harder to come across because the Elks have improved quite a bit of it. So at the moment, I'm going to probably go with Cody, but that could change by game time as well. It also might just be uh, Drew Brown just to pick up some cheap points uh, because everybody thinks he's going to run a few. And uh, maybe if I say that, Ryan will pick him up. Anyways, uh, Trey, what about you for quarterbacks? Yeah, right now I got Trey Ford in. I think 7,000 is not a bad thing, and you hope that he uh, performs well. And I think this is the game for him to do it, rivalry game and at home, right? So I have Trey Ford in there. Um, but I'll, I, that's what I said last week, and then I made sure to have enough room to move it. So I might do that again. I have Zach or Bo Levi as kind of my backups. I have enough salary, I think, for no, not Bo. I have enough salary for Zach, though. So that might be my switch. Or I'll do the Drew Brown. You never know. Maybe he'll get some uh, goal line sneaks. You never know. Yeah, well, the uh, the only thing is Edmonton is in the first game this week. So uh, you got to choose by Thursday night. Are you going Trey Ford or not there? Um, interesting one to me also. We haven't really talked about Jeremiah Mazzoli. Uh, you know, comes in at uh, 9,500, third most expensive quarterback. He's averaged 15.3 points this year, despite throwing one touchdown in three games. So he's got the production through the yardage. Can he get the touchdowns on the board? He probably needs two on top of his yardage there to to hit his value of 23.7 points. So I'm staying away from that play, but if he can start putting those touchdowns on the board, maybe Mazzoli becomes more of an option at quarterback going forward there. Uh, also, you know, if you want to pick a, a cheaper guy potentially to, uh, to just punt the position away, uh, I think Caleb Evans is the best cheap quarterback. Uh, you save a little bit, you save, uh, he's in at $4,403 back up in Ottawa. Maybe gets a, a rushing touchdown. I would recommend, but, uh, you know, the option is there if you want it. Uh, let's look at the running backs for this week. Same thing. Only six starting running backs to go, but of course a plethora of options because of how teams have been using them this season. Uh, James Butler comes in just over $10,000 at running back is the most expensive by a good margin and rightfully so because he's averaged almost 28 points a game this season in his three starts. Uh, Kadeem Carey, the second most at 86-83. Jamal Morrow, 80-61. William Powell, 73-90. Uh, James Wilder's on the list. He's on the injured list. Don't pick him. Uh, Brady Oliveira, 49-69. Uh, and then uh, seemingly he's listed as starting running back again. Sherman Beatty at 3,500 are kind of your starters. You've got, uh, you know, other options in here as well. Johnny Augustine, almost $4,000. Greg McCray got some touches. He's at 2,500. Uh, Ante Milanovic-Litre got some plays last week, 2,500. Uh, so uh, a lot of cheaper, interesting plays that aren't locks there as well, but, 
Tough week at running back. Again, not a lot of options. I hate picking running backs this season because there's so much time split everywhere. And honestly, this is probably looking like a week where I'm picking two of the top three from this list here. Kadeem Carey, huge game, as I mentioned earlier, against the Elks last time out. The Elks struggle against the run. Kadeem Carey is the lifeblood of that Stampeders offense right now. Uh, 22 points. Yeah, I think he could hit that or come pretty close. He's only averaged 15 on the season, but... He, that does include week two, I think it was, where he went down pretty early. Uh, so that plays into that. I like Kadeem Carey as a player. I also really like Jamal Morrow again, who gets involved in the run game when they play well, gets involved in the passing game, and currently also gets involved in return yards and is uh, has the second highest average at 18.7 on the year. So those are kind of the two running backs I'm looking at. Maybe one of those Edmonton guys, Beatty or uh, Milanovic Litre, if I need to save some cash there my options for running back this week. Uh, let's go to you first on this one, Trey. What are you thinking? Running back's the position I like to spend money, boys. So I got James Butler. Uh, he helped lead me to the highest score in the league, or one league last week, right? And my second spot right now, I got William Powell, because we'll talk about it later in the betting, but pretty sure Ottawa might have a decent game, and I think Powell hopefully gets involved with it. So that's my two right now. Yeah, I'd stay away from the Winnipeg BC guys, obviously. I mean, oh, sorry, half hatcher, but I'd stay away from the Winnipeg guys. And you never know what's going to go on there unless you're trying to save money. I did have Jamal Morrow, but like I said, I think Ottawa might, I might be leaning towards Ottawa. So I'm going to go with Powell. Uh, Adam? I'm going to go with uh, the usual good old reliable for me. Uh, I'm going to go with Kadeem Carey, of course. Uh, Edmonton, again, still terrible against the run. So until they can prove that and they can prove me wrong, I'm going to keep picking the player that's against the Edmonton Elks, essentially, for running the game. Uh, and Kadeem Carey is usually uh, the guy for uh, Calgary. I don't think you'll see much of the uh, backup for Calgary in this one. Uh, Kadeem Carey had a week to rest. So that's one of my picks. The second one's going to go completely off the board because I'm trying to save some money here. I am going to go with Frankie Hickson from the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, and there's actually a reason behind that. He had 5.7 points last week, had some good carries, had some good room when he had the opportunities, and I think Jamal Morrow is going to be a little bit tired from running the ball back all the time. Uh, so, you know what, Frankie Hickson gets some good yards in there. So I will go with Frankie Hickson, I think, right now. And again, 2500 bucks. you can't really go wrong that way. Yeah, and Andrew in the chat also uh, was mentioning Frankie Hickson as an option as well. And, uh, you know, a couple lineups I played around this week, I was I was somewhat leaning that direction all, also uh, when I saw how well he performed uh, with the touches he got last week. $2,500, really not a whole lot to bank off of uh, or in terms of uh, not a whole lot of risk, right? Uh, your, your full value play there is 6.3 points. You miss out on that, you make that up easily, potentially at another position. So... I don't have a problem with taking a chance on a $2,500 player, but uh, I'll say again, I'm staying away from some of these timeshares. Brady Oliveira, Johnny Augustine, Nitro, Greg McRae into the mix. Not sure I'm uh, touching that backfield there for Winnipeg necessarily again this week. Let's take a look at the wide receivers uh, available for this week. Let's uh, start in the upper echelon of prices here. Reggie Bagleton, most expensive at 10026 Lucky Whitehead, 96.81. Again, missed a couple days of practice. Kenny Lawler comes in next at 88.13. 
Duke Williams, 85-80. Brian Burnham, don't pick him out on the injured list as well. Kamara Jordan, 85-24. Greg Ellingson, 80-36. Uh, let's go Dominic Rhymes, 78-86. Uh, those are kind of really your top-end receivers. I noticed actually at receiver this week, there's kind of distinct lines between the tiers of receivers. Like, I think I had like $5,000-ish left to spend, and it was either you pick one guy or you have $1,000 left to spare because the next is around 4000 So, you know, of these upper echelon guys this week, I think you're in tough with a lot of them. Uh, and to me, you know, as Andrew says in the chat, better, going off, better off going for mid-low tiers. I generally lean the same way because every one of these guys I look at, like Reggie Bagleton, 10000 well, I could take Malik Henry for half that price. You know, BC's receivers, well, I could take Keon Hatcher for half that price. Greg Ellingson, maybe the one for me, you know, bit of a more down last week, last week. I think he was injured for a little bit, but if Winnipeg has a good offensive game, it's going to likely involve a, a decent amount of Greg Ellingson here. So, uh, you know, I don't love any of the top price options at receiver. I'm spending big at running back this week, probably. So I don't think I'm going that direction. Uh, what do you guys think? Uh, Trey, any, any big prices at receiver you're going for here? No, not a dime going on the upper levels. I think the highest I'd go is Schaefer Baker, and he's not in my lineup yet, but he's only at six thousand. So no, it yeah, the receivers hit and miss, man. Like you're gonna spend ten grand on Bagleton. He better put up, you know, a lot of points or even Whitehead and White. I gotta stay away from uh, I already got a couple BC guys, so I think I'm gonna stay away from Whitehead. Lawler too, hit and miss. I don't know how he's gonna do with the with that. Uh I like Hussey's uh, huddle. I'm not going to attempt to say that name right now, but I. Uh, I Luther Hakunavanu. Hakunavanu. It looks like Akuna Matata, but yeah, Akuna <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to try that again. Um, you know, it's great. I like that pick too, but I, I got my three. I'm going to go with the same three guys I had last week, uh, which they're in the little lower uh, tiers that we'll talk about. Uh, Adam? Well, seeing as last week I was complaining so much about Duke Williams and $9,800 and uh, over five, no care receptions and no touchdowns. As I your opponent, I'd like, as your opponent, I say take him again. I, I was going to say double down and then I was going to laugh and say not a chance. Uh, so, yeah, no, I, uh, I'm not taking any of these real expensive guys. Look, the price is expensive for guys like this. You take a really, really big chance that somebody's going to do something. They could, and they could go off and have some huge gains for you. But there's some cheaper guys that could do a lot more for you with a lot less. So to me, yeah, no, I can't go with any of the big guys this week, even though I would love to help Ryan out just a little bit by having another Gusein uh, on the board. Uh, looking at the middle tier here, Darvin Adams and Jalen Acklin, both around $6,400, $6,500. Keon Schaefer-Baker, you mentioned him already. Trey, $6,185. Uh, Nick Dembski uh, out on the injured list. Do not take him. Darrell Walker, $5,935. Shaq Evans, injured list. RJ Harris, healthy scratch, seemingly. Uh, Javon Katoy, 55-33. Rashid Bailey, 54-97. Malik Henry, 54-82. Manny Arsenault, 52-12. Keon Hatcher, 52-06. That's kind of your uh, middle tier there, and then it drops down to under 4,500 after that. Uh, here's where I think you get into a couple of more key plays. We all saw what Keon Hatcher did last week, 29.6 points. His price has gone up. He's now no longer the cheap value play, but 
I think he's still a value play, especially if Lucky Whitehead is going to be out. Uh, you know, uh, I like Keon Hatcher there as a play still at that price. Uh, I like Malik Henry potentially as well. 16.5 average for him, 29.3 last game coming in at 5,500. But my fear there is that with how much Calgary spreads around the ball is, you know, he had the big game this week, but who's going to be the next guy to have the big game? Maybe it's Luther Hakunavanu, you know, a guy who's a lot cheaper on the price there. So I'm a little cautious on that one there. And uh, Schaefer Baker to me is also uh, another guy I expect to keep succeeding here uh, at wide receivers. So those are kind of the three I'm looking at at the middle price. Uh, Ottawa, somewhat tempting. Adams, Acklin, but uh, I'm not sure I'm going in that matchup until we see uh, Mazzoli start putting touchdowns on the board uh, right now against the Riders defense that's played pretty well. Uh, Adam, let's go to you first here. What do you think at this middle price? You know, there's a couple guys that are interesting to me. I mean, right now on my roster, I do have Keon Hatcher and Keon Schaefer-Baker just because I think both of them are going to have a good game, and especially Hatcher. If it comes out true that Lucky Whitehead will start in this game, then he's going to be a big target for uh, for the uh, BC Lions there. Uh, so I, those are the two that I'm leaning on right now. However, I'm still looking at maybe spending some big money over on the receipt, on the running back side of things. And if I do, I got to go cheaper. So if I do that, then those one of those guys may not make their roster right now. Uh, I also don't mind Malik Henry. I think he had a big game last week. So Calgary traditionally spreads the ball out so much that uh, might be a little bit of more of a risk. And especially when Edmonton's probably going to be keying on him just a little bit because he had such a big game the last time. So to me, I think that I'm probably going to maybe stick with one of those two, Hatcher or uh, Schaefer-Baker. I might still be making some moves uh, other places as well. Uh, Trey, what do you think of the mid-tier? I'm just waiting for the Duran Carter show to start because I'll waste $5,500 to put him in, even if he never gets to play receiver. I keep seeing him on there, and I'm like, man, he's got to come back. But no, seriously, I got – yeah, I'm going back with Hatcher, and I'm going with Picton in this kind of level. I guess Picton might be the lower level. Man, you can't change what's broken and – I don't win things. So when winning last week, uh, I'm going to stick with it for the most part. I made a couple changes, but I think my receiving core was where I had it. And Hatcher and Picton are my uh, number one and number two guys going into this week. Uh, yeah, I liked, um, I like what Andrew said, Wolertowski. I feel like last week he started to make some kind of grabs in the second, third quarter, but then they stopped going to him. He's a guy that, you know, he's got good mitts and they throw it to him. That could be one too. I might lean to if I, uh, if uh, if I want to change my mind or in the future a little bit, nice guy. Met him before. I checked his ID when I worked as a bouncer. Nice guy. Not a he's a decent singer. Good on guitar too. But you know, I you know I I want to see him catch the ball more. You know, I think he's a great player. And having one of those, you know, they got lucky getting an American to be considered a Canadian kind of thing because of his mom's background. You know, so I think you got to use him more. Um, but I, so that one, I do like Andrew's pick there, but I think I'm going to go with the same I have last week with Hatcher and Picton. Yeah, sadly, guitar solos don't count towards fantasy points. And also, uh, Wallatarski, bomber, the Bombers and Wallatarski doing the uh, naturalized American before it was cool uh, <laughs> for the new CBA uh, deal there. Uh, there was mention of Javon Katoy in the chat as well from Andrew. Uh, 
Katoya's one, I don't know. I, th- I feel like at the price, he's been a bit of a disappointment at times this year. You know, if everybody else is going Keon Hatcher, maybe you go the other direction. You go for for Katoy. But they come in pretty much the same price. Hatcher's even a little bit cheaper here in CFL Fantasy. Uh, I would probably go Hatcher's direction myself there. But Katoy had some good games last year, so I hope to see him bounce back. Uh, we look at the uh, other uh, options at receiver, the cheaper ones here. A couple Calgary receivers kind of maybe interest me. Uh, we talked about Hakuna Vanu. Richard, Richie Sandani at 42.81 intrigues me. He's averaged 9.2 points uh, on the season thus far. You know, a lot of people are going to go Malik Henry's direction this week after his last game. So maybe you switch it up. You go that way and hope Bo spreads the ball around and Sandani's his guy this week we talked about Mitchell Pickton seems to be getting more of a role in for the riders he comes in at 3658 uh we talked about Drew Wolitarski already then we get into a couple of uh you know cheap $2,500 plays I think that are intriguing on the week and uh, uh you know your guy Trey still at that $2,500 price Dalton Schoen Put up 10.2 points uh, as an average so far this year, 12.3 last week, and is still $2,500 on the season. Uh, I have to imagine he's going to be in a fair amount of lineups uh, this week as well. Uh, quick note, uh, thank you, Hussie Huddle, in the chat. Sindani is actually out this week. Jalen Philpot starting, so uh, thank you for the clarification on that one. I had not checked out the depth chart yet. Another $2,500 potential option at receiver there for the Stampeders. Of course, there's many of them to go through. Uh, Who at the cheap prices intrigues you guys uh, so far this week? Uh, Let's go to you first, Adam. So two guys that I'm really looking at right now, uh, and both of them I don't want to – well, actually three guys, I should say. Uh, the two, again, Mitch Picton for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Again, it gets a touchdown every game, so – if you're going to count that one in there, that's a good pickup just to get one there. The other guy, though, that when I was watching last week while sitting in Saskatchewan that I was really impressed with was Tevin Jones of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. 57 yards. I think he's waiting to have a breakout game, and this could be the one. So uh, Tevin Jones, to me, would be a very interesting pickup uh, for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders as well. Uh, another guy, actually, that I was looking at, though, from the Edmonton Elks was Kai Loxley has been running the short yardage game for the Elks. So when they get down to the one-yard line, it seems like he ends up running it in. Uh, Also does some weird options where he gets a few runs in and also gets a few receptions. He's averaging just about 10 uh, points per game and uh, looks pretty good. Again, $2,500. You're not really out much. And who knows? He might be the next quarterback if something happens to Trey Ford. Trey? Yeah, I, I'm going with Picton and Dalton show, and I can't believe those guys are still valued that low. And I don't know. Like I, I think I think once the Winnipeg if if and once the Winnipeg offense gets rolling, guys like Waller Tarski and Schoen are gonna be pretty big keys to it. So I'm gonna go with Dalton Schoen and and uh yeah, and I, I I'm trying to veer away a little bit from bombers because maybe on offense I'll stick with them, but we're going to come to defense. I think the BC Winnipeg game could be a shootout kind of thing. So I'm kind of scared to pick defenses. So I think some of these receivers are going to have a lot of yards in the BC bomber game, potentially or running backs. And again, Ottawa, Saskatchewan, we don't know what's going to go on there. It could be a 
So I think the offensive guys could have a lot of points this weekend, and especially those uh, lower-tier guys, because BC's defense might have to, you know, focus on some of the, you know, Ellingson and uh, and um, Rashid Bailey. So you might open up guys like Shone and Rolotarski. So, yeah, that's what I got. And also just remember on defenses, uh, Trey, just remember what you said before. I'm keeping my memory of that. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Yeah. Yeah, we'll get to the defenses here in a moment. Uh, one other guy, $2,500, Justin Hardy of the Ottawa Red Blacks, was a last-second scratch last week, I believe due to illness, right before the game. Uh, but he's averaged 8.5 points in two games so far. He's been one of the most targeted receivers for the Red Blacks. Cheap price again. You need, what, three catches for 30 yards. You've hit your value out of him. You get more than that. You get a touchdown in there. You're, you're taking that pick to the bank. So if Mazzoli's putting up the yards, if he's starting to put up the touchdowns, I like Justin Hardy as a potential value play there for the Red Blacks this week. Now let's take a look at the aforementioned defenses. Uh, again, only six to choose from this week. BC comes in most expensive at uh, 42.67. Bombers defense, 40.94. Saskatchewan, 37.59. Uh, Ottawa 3200, Edmonton 3200, Calgary 3200. So we're starting to see a bit of a difference here in prices at the defenses. Uh, interesting one again because you've got two arguably of the top fantasy defenses, BC and Winnipeg, going head to head, but also happen to have two of you know offenses that don't turn the ball over a whole ton and, and kind of get the job done there. This Edmonton-Calgary game is the one that intrigues me on defense. Uh, you know, Calgary facing Trey Ford, maybe, you know, there's some picks there. That's intriguing to me. But do you take the chance on uh, what we saw, a big game last week from the Chris Jones defense? I'm still going back and forth, and I may go back and forth on which defense I pick. I'm also, you know, potentially seeing that BC defense in there against the Bombers offense that hasn't really put the pedal to the metal so far yet this season. They haven't scored a bunch of points. Maybe the Lions can get home for a couple sacks there. So it depends what the rest of my roster looks like price-wise. If I can fit BC's defense in, I may go that direction. Otherwise, it could be uh, somebody from uh, Battle of Alberta there. Uh, Trey, what are you looking at on defense here? Well, my options are getting limited because we all know I can't take Saskatchewan. And I don't want to take BC or Winnipeg because uh, yeah, it's probably going to be like 40 nothing BC, but I think it could also be 40-39 games. So I want to stick away from them. And I'm not too sure about Edmonton Calgary. So but what do we have left? I'm going to go with the Ottawa one, you know, just a cheap one. I'm going to go with it. Um, yeah, and I, that, I don't know. Because, again, I don't know who else to go with. I like the Battle of Alberta angle you had there, Ryan. But it's kind of I can't have a decision on which one I would take more. So I think I'm gonna have to go with Ottawa, but yeah, we'll see. I'm sure I'll get I'll get text about it. You know, I mean, I'd like to let you back into the green pasture, but I just I just can't trade. I mean, every time you pick them, we end up getting destroyed. So, uh, so anyways, yeah, no, I think it's pretty clear and obvious which way I'm gonna go this week. Uh, just because, let's face it. Jeremiah Mazzoli has thrown quite a few sacks or picks this season. He's taken a few sacks this season. I think uh, Saskatchewan is going to feast again this week. 
Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with the Rough Riders on this one. I was thinking, though, a little bit about the uh, comment you made, Ryan, about the uh, Calgary Stampeders and Trey Ford. That'd be interesting. But, uh, yeah, I think Chris Jones is going to have the guy prepared uh, and ready for whatever Calgary can throw at him. So, I don't know. Uh, I might switch it to Calgary, but I doubt it. I'll probably stick with the Riders. All right. I think that does it for the CFL fantasy options for the week. Again, make sure you check out those depth charts because that can really impact things quite a bit and change things at the last minute. First game of the week comes Thursday night. Uh, and uh, yeah, enjoy the week of CFL fantasy there. Let's get into our picks and our bets for the week. Uh, three games on the schedule. Uh, take it away for us here, Trey, uh, with the first game of the week. Yeah, first game of the week with the pre-mentioned Battle of Alberta. Calgary on the road, favorites, minus three and a half, uh, going to Brickfield in uh, Commonwealth Stadium there. I'm going to take Edmonton, uh, plus three and a half here. I just got a feeling, you know, Canadian quarterbacks undefeated. Let's, so let's see how long that streak goes. And I'm, I actually have a bet I just placed. I'm going to take uh, Edmonton. With another underdog later, we'll talk about two outright win uh, and parlay those two together. So I'm going to take Edmonton. Uh, Adam? I want to take Edmonton just because I want to see Trey Ford win this game. And I also have the uh, mentality of ABC, anybody but Calgary. But you know what? I just can't see Boley by Mitchell losing this one here. Coming off of a bye week, he's healthy. He's ready to go. Uh, same thing also, Kadeem Carey has been a piece so far this season, and Edmonton has not stopped the run until they can stop it. Uh, let's face it, they played Hamilton last week. Who doesn't run the football? So that was an exception. I think Hamilton kind of let uh, Edmonton back in more than Edmonton let themselves back in. So, uh, no, I'm going to have to go with the Stampeders right now. Yeah, I was actually maybe going to lean towards Edmonton on this one. And then uh, Adam said a couple key words that flipped it in an instant for me. And that's Calgary coming off the bye week. They are ridiculous coming off the bye week over the past two decades, I believe, uh, you know, in of CFL play here. Uh, I would even more strongly pick them if they were coming off a bye at home. Uh, but on the road here... You know, I agree with a lot of what Adam just said uh, about Kadeem Carey and Edmonton not being able to stop the run. And I'm not sold on what I saw from Trey Ford last week. He played well. He got the job done. The Ticats are not a very good football team so far this season. So uh, I want to see what he does against Calgary this week before I fully go in the Elks camp. Maybe if the spread was, you know, a touchdown, I'd pick Edmonton here. But uh, this close, I think Calgary wins by a little more than this. So that's my pick. No, I get what you guys are saying. Uh, this is one game I, I won't be upset if I lose. You know, I think Edmonton, I, I, I'm going on a hunch more than anything, and that's what you got to do in gambling sometimes. But on the Friday night, Ottawa goes into Mosaic. Ottawa, the Road Dogs, plus six. I'm going to take Ottawa, and that's my second half of my underdogs, uh, my parlay there. I put a couple bucks on Edmonton and Ottawa, both the outright win. Um yeah, I'm gonna go with Ottawa again. I, I, again, I'm going on a hunch. I think the East is a little better than what we think, and I don't think Ottawa's six points worse than Saskatchewan. Ottawa's a team that 
was really close to Winnipeg and BC. And so you're saying they're six points worse than Saskatchewan. I'm really scratching my head on that line. So I'm going to go with Ottawa. This time we'll go to Ryan. I, f- I feel like, you know, last week I, I said I was going to go a confident 4-0 and last week and I went 1-3. and So I think I got to sk- switch up the strategies and something seems to be relatively working for you guys. So I may have to agree here. Uh, with Trango with Ottawa. I was leaning Saskatchewan originally again as well, but as we talked about throughout the show, you know, the more we actually talk about Ottawa and who they've faced and who they've lost to, I think Ottawa is still a pretty decent football team. I still tend to want to lead towards taking Saskatchewan because it's East versus West, and we've seen how that's gone so far this season. Uh, but I, And I think if for my outright pick, I probably would take the Riders here. But I think Ottawa is going to make it close enough that uh, I'm willing to take the chance on Ottawa here with my pick this week. And I'll go agree with Trey. Adam? You know, I just can't wait for that Friday night football music to hit from TSN. I just love that old uh, music that they've been playing all season so far this year. So that's kind of cool. Uh, that being said, uh, I think i got to take my hat off for a few minutes. I, uh, I want to say that the Saskatchewan Rough Riders are going to be winning this game. I don't think it's going to be by six, though. Uh, just because Ottawa, for some reason, always gives Saskatchewan fits. It's always a close game. So to me, I think that Ottawa is probably going to not, I'm hoping, I think Saskatchewan will win this football game. I don't think they're going to win it by more than six though. Uh, So to me, I'm going to go with the Ottawa Red Blacks uh, to cover, but not win. Awesome guys. So yeah. Uh, Final game, three-game weekend. Winnipeg goes into BC uh, early evening in Central Time. I deliberately didn't wear my bomber hat because there's no way I could uh, wear my bomber hat and pick BC to win this. I took BC to win this uh, by more than three and a half. Oh, sorry, that's what it is, minus three and a half. Uh, I took BC for this one. I'm not confident in that Winnipeg offense to keep up with BCs. I think the defenses might be similar. But I think it's going to come down to the offenses. So I'm going to say BC wins by more than three and a half. Uh, Adam, what do you think? I think you might be wrong to something there, Trey. I just am very th- – I'm thinking Nathan Rourke is going to have a field day uh, again, unfortunately. I just – I don't know why, but I think that, uh, yes, it's the Winnipeg defense. It's got Willie Jefferson. It's got Jackson, Jeff Coach, and it's got Hansen in there, Thaddeus, or Thaddeus Hansen, who I, I really, really like. But – I don't know what it is about that Winnipeg offense that just does not sit well with me this year. I think that if the defense can get going and get going fast, they might win with the touchdowns that they can get, Uh, but they're going to have to rely on the defense to get touchdowns. And that usually doesn't bode well for anything. Uh, So, you know what? I think the BC Lions are going to win this by more than three and a half. Uh, Ryan? At this point, I'm not betting against Nathan Rourke. He's uh, proved people wrong the first three weeks. The Lions have proved people wrong their first three games. Uh, you know, part of me wants to go uh, different here and say Winnipeg loses by a field goal, which uh, I think would still, you know, if you pick Winnipeg, if I'm understanding the, the lines here, uh, would pick the Bombers. But again, yeah, BC, the Bombers, ha- I don't think they've looked necessarily sharp throughout their 4-0 start to the season, outside of maybe that game against Hamilton. BC playing at home here. If it was in Winnipeg, I'd be going for the Bombers, I think. But uh, I think this one, I will go with the Lions as well. Awesome, guys. Yeah, just a quick recap. Uh, Adam and myself are at 9-7 and seven on the year, which is not bad for uh, 
point spread and the rookie Ryan at seven and nine. So you got a chance to hit 500 man this weekend with the three games. So yeah, you could do it very easily. Uh, Sorry, Adam, who did you, you took Ottawa in the second one, right? I didn't write it down. Yeah, I took Ottawa to cover. Sweet. Awesome. So yeah. And I'll make sure to check out my Twitter because I, I, I'm pretty on top of it. But you guys got half an hour before game time. A couple of West Coast games. So got a little extra time if you change your mind Thursday and Friday night. But BC, uh, Saturday one's a little early. Yeah, well, I said last week I was going to go a confident uh, 4-0 and it didn't work out, like I said. So uh, this week, reverse psychology, I'm going on a very non-confident 0-3, which uh, hopefully means uh, the, the inverse of that. Of course, you can follow our picks along on Twitter. Trey tweets them out for us every week, which is great. Resident betting expert Trey bringing the heat for this segment each and every week. Uh, and as we always say, make sure you, uh, if you play, play responsibly. Do not bet the house. Do not bet the farm on what we say here uh, because we uh, do not want to be held responsible. And we are not liable uh, if you do follow our advice uh, on here. Uh, anything else you guys want to discuss? Or should we get into uh, wrapping it up here and moving on to the games for week number five? Uh, maybe just one thing I think is interesting to note, the Edmonton Elks uh, free kids under 12, you know, as a dad of three kids, that that tickled my fancy. And uh, Ryan, you know, he got one on the way, man. So that's something I'm surprised more teams don't do. And uh, yeah, I like to see that. And of course, it's going to be Edmonton or some a team like that that would do it. So I just want to know what your guys' thoughts were on that uh, little thing, too. No, I love the idea. I mean, anything to try to convince some of the younger uh the younger generation is always what you're going for, the next generation. You can't be looking back at the uh, age, even at my age. I mean, I'm only, what, 33, 34. But you know what? You want to get my generation, but you really, really want to get that 18 to uh, 25, 30. And, hey, if you get them younger at 12 to uh, younger, why not? If you got parents that, uh, let's face it, everybody's playing flag football nowadays. There's all sorts of kids that are getting involved more in football this is a great way of going and convincing them. Hey, look at these guys in the CFL. You can see the Canadian quarterback. You could be that guy one day. Uh, and that's how you're going to build your game even better than it is right now, which let's face it, the CFL is starting to get better and better every time that you talk about it uh, with little things that have been going on like this. So to me, it's a, it's a great uh, deal, right? Yeah. Anything that gets future fans in the door, right? You know, you get, Kids in the door, even just from, you know, a, a sales perspective, you know, kid gets in the door, they want popcorn, they want, you know, snacks, etc. Trey's not along here. Um, you know, that that helps, obviously, your, your sales and, you know, you get them in the door and then it turns into a future fan, you know. Growing up as, as a little kid, I wasn't a huge CFL fan until, you know, I was maybe 10, 11 years old type of thing. I did go to games here and there with my dad, but Honestly, as a little kid growing up, the, the highlight of that for me was getting to stay up late past my bedtime because the games go late, you know, and, and good food and getting to spend time with my dad type of stuff uh, to go to the games growing up. And well, now I, uh, you know, I obviously live and breathe CFL and any chance I can get here. So, you know, and getting to go see the games gets you in the door, gets you interested in the, whatever they've got going on at the stadium. And, and you never know where it's going to take people from there. So, hey, free tickets for kids under 12. Get them in the door, get them excited, uh, and uh, looking forward to that, uh, you know, future games down the stretch. And then that's paying customers eventually coming back once they're not 12 or under. Uh, so I think it's good. 
I would like to see more teams. Uh, I think we talked about the the price package in BC already as well. Uh, keep doing more things like that to get fans in the stands. Uh, anything else, guys? The only other thing I wanted to just bring up was the uh, ratings in the U.S. Actually, uh, they've been showing some of these uh, uh, ESPN2 ratings uh, on the Nielsen charts. And overall, the CFL is doing very uh very good in the C- in the U.S. right now. Now, I know it's not NFL season. I mean, there hasn't been a whole lot of news with the NFL, minus today. Uh, but otherwise, no, it's been uh, it's been very nice to see some extra uh, eyes on the CFL. And let's just hope that they can maybe be convinced to kind of stick around and watch the rest of this season here. Uh, and you guys want to bring up anything on the on the uh, rates? I, I, think, I, I think it's interesting because – we talk a lot about these spring leagues that don't work, but they kind of do work at some time. And I think the CFL is now to the Americans that don't know about the hundred year, you know, tradition up here might view it as another interesting spring league with a little bit of different rules and something you can do while the NFL is not on and nothing wrong with that. And I think the more American interest you get, we might get our video game, right? You know, can't, uh, can't hurt that. You're not going to make a video game for 35, whatever, whatever, 35 million uh, population country of Canada, but you will for uh, North America, right? So I think that's that's all good things, all good things, boys, Ryan. Yeah, I think that's got to be like up there on long-term goals of the success of this podcast is to grow this big enough that we can start a petition with enough impact to finally get us that CFL-sponsored video game, right? That That's on the goals chart. That's on the, the flow chart uh, for future <laughs> podcast growth. Uh, no, I agree. It's great to see uh, more fans down south getting involved and fans across the world really tuning into the CFL and getting into it as well. And, uh, you know, a lot of people, uh, you see more and more threads on Twitter, on Reddit, et cetera, the CFL Reddit of, hey, I'm a new fan tuning in for the first time. Who should I cheer for? What should I know? I love seeing that. That's great to see that people are excited about the CFL, even though it's finding it for the first time. So, uh very, very exciting on that front. Uh, on that note, I think let's get into uh, wrapping things up here for week number five preview. Uh, let's take a look at what's coming up here on the podcast. Uh, we've got, uh, well, this was the week five preview. We've got the week five recap coming up on Monday, July 11th, uh, 9 p.m. Winnipeg time, 8 p.m. Saskatchewan time. Uh, you can join us as we'll break down the three games, give our players of the week uh, and our power rankings as well. Always lots of fun to debate that. Uh, and uh, well, uh, the weekly preview next Wednesday as well for week number six. Same thing we did tonight. Previews, fantasy, pick them, uh, bets against the spread, all of that fun stuff. You can join us live over on YouTube, search the Canadian Football Countdown there. Facebook.com slash CF Countdown Pod on Twitter at CF Countdown Pod. Twitch.tv slash CF Countdown Pod. And on the Game Time TV YouTube page, shout out to our presenting sponsors there. Uh, you can catch all of our shows there live every week and join us in the chat. Uh, as uh, some of you have been tonight, uh, great, great commentary in the chats as well. Happy to have folks interacting with us throughout the night here. Uh, if you want to follow us on social media, you can find us, uh, as mentioned, on Facebook and Twitter at CF Countdown Pod. Make sure you check out all the other great shows from around the Canadian Football Podcast Network as well. 
Uh, guys, where can people find everything you've got going on these days? Uh, let's start with you, Adam. Well, you can find me over at Adam Stewart One. You'll either get crazy hair pictures like you got right now, uh, or you're going to go and uh, end up getting pictures of uh, a really nice looking wheat crop or canola crop. Uh, or you're going to get pictures of me at a CFL game. So you know what? If you want to talk CFL, want to talk agriculture, want to talk of what kind of haircut I should really get, because, man, this has been driving me insane for the last two weeks, uh, you can let me know over at Adam Stewart one uh, Trey, what about you? You can find me at on Twitter at TreyMBHarness. Uh, like Mike mentioned on Monday, it's my Christmas Eve this week. I got my, my horse racing season picks up this weekend, so... Fortunately, I got a bad cough, so I've been going through the halls. So we all know as announcers, we got to get rid of that a little bit, but I'm sure I'll be fine. Uh, fortunately, not live streaming the next few weeks, but if we do get up simulcasting, I will definitely talk about it at the end here to tell everyone where to see it. Uh, but yeah, at Trey MB Harness, we want to talk football, horse racing, uh, Star Wars, what a UFC, any sport, baseball, Blue Jays. I just don't want to talk about the Brandon Banks touchdown anymore. Uh, I, I had my fun this week with that. And uh, let's move on. Yeah, lots of riveting discussion uh, over on Trey's uh, Twitter page there uh, around that touchdown in particular. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Cooper Trooper 42 If you want to talk CFL, you want to talk CFL fantasy, send me, you know, uh, you're not sure who to pick. Uh, unless you're Adam, you can uh, tweet me and uh, <laughs> I will uh, happily discuss Adam any other week but this one. But uh you know, uh, of course, all in good fun. Uh, yeah, just taking in some CFL, CFL fantasy. Uh, it's a good season uh, for reality TV starting up this week. Uh, Big Brother 24 US started tonight. Uh, the Challenge USA, new new version of that show starting as well. Uh, and Amazing Race Canada starting yesterday. So I uh, love reality TV. If you ever want to chat that, find me on Twitter as well. Watch the Big Brother premiere right before we started this night. Very disappointed in uh, like the majority of the episode. So I'm hoping the season gets better after that there as well. Uh, at Cooper Trooper 42 for myself. You can find Mike on Twitter also at Mike Garrell. Uh, whatever podcast platform you're listening on, we always appreciate it. If you do all the fun things such as like, comment, subscribe, rate, review, share the show with your friends. Help us grow the show. Always appreciate that. And uh, as always, thanks for listening. Take care. Have a good one. Bye.